hi, and welcome to the Quick Dirty Romance Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Sky McDonald, author of the Auntie Bell series. And I'm Sarah Smith, author of Faker, If You Never Come Back, Simmer Down, and On Location. And together, we're Sarah Sky, author of, author of the best-selling Sips and Strokes and the soon-to-be-released Vibes and Feels. Each episode, we'll dive deep into what it's like to be a contemporary romance author. We'll talk writing inspiration, give you the inside scoop about the publishing world, chat about how we write those infamous sex scenes, and more. And then we'll pull out and wrap it up in 30 minutes or less, but we promise to leave you satisfied. So if you haven't already read our books, be sure to check them out after you listen to this podcast and DM us with any questions or requests for future episodes that you might have. So today we're going to do something that we've been dying to do for ages, and that is talk about the Hating Game movie. Yay! <laughs> so we both watched it, and we, Sky and I, were both huge fans of the book The Hating Game by Sally Thorne, and we have some thoughts on the movie. So I just figured, like, Sky, we can just dive right in if you want, if you're ready. Yeah, let's face plant right into it. Um, just as a warning, if you have not seen the movie or read the book, you I this is probably the only time I'll ever stop say this, but stop listening right now. Right now and listen <laughs> later because there are going to be spoilers. We're gonna dissect the whole thing. Uh so we you have been warned. Brace yourself. All right. So the hating game is a hate to love trope romance that was a huge hit a few years ago. And it is an office romance. And if you've read my Not Suitable for Work, you know that I love a good office romance. And if you've read Sarah's Faker, you know we both love a good office romance. But The Hating Game is about Lucy and Josh, who have been paired as assistants to the heads of a merged corporation. And they spend their days working very, very hard and basically playing games with each other of how much they hate each other. Sarah. I think I'm getting the capture here, but of course, of course, underneath hate is actual love. And as the story goes on, uh, Lucy comes to realize that uh, a little bit slower than Josh, I think, indeed. But um, that's the basic premise. I don't think I'm le leaving too much out there. No, I think you um, you summarized it beautifully. That's exactly what it's about. I think that's why people really liked it. Everybody loves a really good enemies to lovers office romance. There's just... So much, you know, banter, tension, angst, all that good stuff, steam, you know, all we love, we love that. Um, but yeah, so I don't know, should we, should we talk about what we thought of it first? Like what our favorite parts were or, or um, your reaction maybe? Um, I can talk about my reaction if that's where we want to start. I enjoyed yes. it first off. I enjoyed it. I love the book. Uh, the, the thing about the book is the game part, the idea that they're playing these petty little copycat games and all kinds of games. And that's what really kind of makes that book stand out. It's very cute. But I enjoyed the movie. Uh, it was fun. And I honestly thought that Josh and Lucy, the characters, like the actors really nailed those roles very nicely. They were, of course, different. But I thought that aesthetically it really did work. Um I did kind of have the takeaway, I will say, that I felt like it was almost the reverse of fan fiction. So the fact that I knew the book so well helped me to enjoy the movie. I guess if I was just a random person sitting down and watching the movie, I might be like, yeah, okay, that's cute enough, right? So I think having enjoyed the book, it made it richer. And that's not always true of books and movies to me. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think... Um... 
I mean, on, and I guess I don't know for sure, but I'm assuming the majority of the people who watched the hating a movie were people who read the book and who loved the book. Um, and, and, and I'm sure they, the people who watched it made their friends watch it who hadn't read the book. Um, mm -hmm. I know that I, <laughs> I made my husband watch certain parts. He hasn't read the book, but I didn't make him watch the whole thing because I'm, I'm a nice person like that. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I totally, I totally agree with you. I think, I honestly think they nailed the casting. I was really excited mm -hmm. when um, they announced that Lucy Hale was going to be Lucy short take. Mm -hmm. And I remember when they first announced who was going to be Josh and they had a different actor cast um, who I wasn't super familiar with. And I like, it was fine. I, I didn't really think much about it, but then that actor had to drop out. And so they cast um, Austin Stowell, I think is the name of the actor who did Josh. And I think he was, I honestly think he was perfect. He's exactly, I thought he was. Yeah. He's exactly yeah. who I pictured in my head when I was um, reading the book. I was just picturing this like tall, um, preppy, good looking guy. Yeah. <laughs> super, super uptight. And um, he just, I think he did a really good job. I, I really enjoyed the movie. I mean, obviously, and I know people do this, but they're like, oh, I liked the book better. And it's like, well, duh, you liked the book better. Like that was the source material. That's where it comes from. It's going to be fleshed out in a way that no adaptation ever could be. So of course I like the book better, but I really liked the movie for what it, for an adaptation of a book that is so beloved. And I, this is one of my favorite books. I love this book so much. I, I thought it was awesome. I think so. I definitely think, and we can, I mean, we can get into that, but I always have had strong opinions on the idea of the criticism of, oh, it's the, but the movie's nothing like the book. I don't think it's supposed to be. So anytime that criticism is thrown around, I have a little bit of an objection to it. Not to say people aren't entitled to their opinion, but that was a thing when I was a school teacher that we would talk about a lot. I can name a small handful of films where I think the film is far superior to the book, mm -hmm. uh, where the source material, the the director really took it and went, uh, went and ran with it, Blade Runner being one of them. Um, but in general, a film is not trying to do the same thing as a book is. So they aren't supposed to be the same. And there are times when a, a film can totally mangle a story or butcher it. And it's like, but now it's just not fun. But I feel like you have to watch a movie or a film for the sake of watching a film and, and a visual storytelling versus getting absorbed into a book. Books can open things up. They can have side characters. They can have backstories. A film has to keep it moving in a very different kind of way. Uh, so I've always been a little bit wary of that criticism. It was not nothing like the book at all. It was actually pretty faithful to the book, but of course there were things that were highlighted, things that were lowlighted, uh, things that were kind of moved around. But there were a few things, I think, overall that I, A, really enjoyed, but B, when I was watching it, I had a different kind of reaction to it than when I was reading it. So let's, let's, let's jump into that. Let's yeah. start with the highlights. Highlights, highlight reel. Here we go. <laughs> favorite, favorite parts, Sarah. I know you've been waiting for this movie for a long time. So dish them all. Favorites. Okay. So I, and this shouldn't surprise anybody, but um, when we got to see Josh's ass, I thought that was <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I was super excited about that. That was just like a perfect peach moment, I like to call it. Um, I think 
I think when you're reading that part in the book, you obviously you visualize whatever you want to visualize. And that was awesome to me. Um, and I don't want to say too much more because that I come off like a perv and I don't want to come off like that. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, loved that part. I thought that was very, very nicely done. I also like the part where toward the beginning when um, Danny is like delivering um, some mail to Lucy and he like, they have that like cute awkward interaction and Josh is just standing there like quietly <laughs> trying not to murder Danny, you know, cause he's in love with Lucy. Um, and like Danny goes to like fist bump Josh and Josh is like, no, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I thought that was, so I don't know. I thought that was a very Josh thing to do also. Um, it was a very like, just like, no, I'm not going to do that. Like, I feel like I, I, I'm not Josh, obviously I, but like, I feel like I've done that a couple of times. Like, no, I'm not doing that. So I feel like, um, that was like a really funny moment where I like laughed out loud. And I also really liked, um, when they showed the flashback to Josh and Lucy's fight about punctuation over the donuts, I thought that was freaking hilarious. <laughs> and they're just like screaming at each other. I love that part. And then at the end where he goes, period, she's like, no, I'm not on my period. But he was joking about the donuts that they brought that back in a way that I really I, I laughed. I like that part. Um, I liked oh, I loved it when Lucy like ate the floor when she was trying to strut in in her little black dress. Uh, that was a perfect perfect way of really getting that essence of Lucy like trying very hard to be confident and kind of falling apart. They did a good job picking up on her being a people pleaser without her being annoying, I thought. Um, so I really enjoyed that. I liked Josh overall. I thought he was dryly funny. I liked, um, I'm trying to think. I liked, I just kind of liked the essence of the characters, I think, and the way that they interacted with, with each other so that you get the feeling that they're not. I don't know. It didn't feel aggressively angry. And so it was like a nice kind of rivalry. Um, so I like those. I thought that the, oh, and I've heard apparently, you're going to talk about this later with the some critiques, but I liked the elevator scene. I thought it was hot. Um, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree. And I love, and obviously we'll talk about this later, but the um, the point that you brought up about like, how it wasn't overly aggressively angry between the two of them. Um, I'm, I liked that too. I like uh, how they, because the book is super angsty, super like they just kind of get into it with each other a lot. And um, I think that is fine in the context of a book because you as the reader can imagine that however you want, but to see that visually play out between like, this huge guy and this physically small woman, I think could have been problematic. So I'm, I really like the way that the movie or the filmmakers like chose to make things a bit more playful. Um, yeah. Worked a lot better in the format of a movie personally. Yeah. Cause I think if you had slanted it another way, Josh could have come off as a real asshole. Oh, and yeah. He would have come off like a not. predator, honestly. Right. He did yeah. not. He came off as like, kind of sort of chuckling at the whole thing the whole time. So even when he was playing their games, the copycat game, the whatever game, like you got the feeling he was just sort of dryly amused by it, even though he didn't smile a lot. So he definitely did not come off as like a prickly pear in the way that 
made him like, like you said, on screen, it would be like, what's this guy's problem? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I thought the whole, I thought, I thought the way the movie moved along, they kept it flowing nicely. Uh, it, it got everything. It hit, it hit all the high points of it, but that's being nice. <laughs> things that surprised you, low lights, things that you were like, Hmm, maybe like, I don't think, I, I don't think there's anything that's like, Oh, this is trash. Not at all. I thought it was great. But like things that you were like, hmm. So I, so honestly, I can't think of a single thing where I was like, oh, they did that. Like where I was disappointed. Um, And maybe that's because I came into it with, I feel like my mindset was like, okay, this is a movie. It's not going to be like the book. So don't have that expectation. I can't let myself think like that. Um, My cat saying hi. (laughs) But I think, um, what surprised me was how they kind of chose to go with the misunderstanding trope at the end to have that be the primary conflict between Josh and Lucy instead of sticking with what happened in the book to have um, to have like what happens at the wedding where Lucy finds out that Josh's brother is marrying his ex-girlfriend and that ends up being like their major, major conflict that like um, kicks things off between them, you know? So mm-hmm. that kind of surprised me, but it, also, like, it made sense to me because um, the job ended up being a pretty big uh, component of Lucy's character arc in the movie and in the book, too. But in the movie, it seemed like they wanted to offer resolution with that. Like, they wanted to show Lucy, you know, working really, really hard, nailing her um, interview and presentation and getting the job that she's always wanted. And in the book, they don't, um, at least in the original book, because I know that Sally Thorne wrote an epilogue that addressed this in a later book. Um, but in the actual book, The Hating Game, like, you don't know if she gets the job. It's like, you know that Josh quits, but you don't know that, like, like you don't see her go to the interview. You don't see her, like, get the job. Um, you find, you see that in the epilogue, which I think is included in Sally Thorne's subsequent book, um, that she published because everybody wanted to know all the readers want to know like, Oh, what happened with Lucy and her job? So that kind of surprised me, but I think it worked really well. Cause again, the format is a movie. It's different from a book. So I think you can leave things mm-hmm. in a, in a book, um, and not have it be totally unsatisfying. And I think in the movie, if they had left out the, the job aspect, if we didn't know if Lucy got the job or not, it would have felt really um, unsatisfying in a way. Mm-hmm. Oh, that surprised me, but not in a bad way. I think it worked really well. And also I love a good misunderstanding trope. Obviously, if you've ever read anything, I've ever <laughs> I love, I freaking love, I know some people hate it, but like, I don't care. I love a good misunderstanding trope. <laughs> and by the way, I just want to say like, don't act like you've never misunderstood anything in your life. <laughs> don't act like you've <laughs> misunderstanding trope. We have all been there. I mean, I think we can all think of a situation where like things just got out of control because we misunderstood something between um, ourselves and somebody else. So I just think I really liked that. So yes, that surprised me, but I really liked it. What about you, Sky? You know, I just to be to speak about that. It's funny that you said that because I had forgotten that you don't actually see Lucy. And I just reread this book during the lockdown. Um, you don't actually see her get the job at the end. I liked the way they ended the movie. She's like stepping into her own. And like you said, that was really well done for the film. But all you know is that Josh is not going for it. So you can jump to the conclusion that she's going to get it. But, and in fact, I think they downplayed a lot in the in the movie, the idea, or in the book, actually, the idea that there was really any outside competition because they were talking about it. But I, I thought it was a little bit, what you're talking about, I thought was a little bit bumpy. So like, <laughs> 
Lucy meets Melinda. Is that her name? Mindy? Whatever. Yeah. Yeah, Sorry. Mindy. And then it's like, chat, chat. Okay, that's fine. And it's like, almost, why did they even put that in there? Yeah. Because it went from that to they're falling in love to now she's screaming at him and the misunderstanding trope kicks in. So it was kind of a jarring sort of bumpy road to the end because he said to her, you know, they had the whole like paint, the bedroom scene with the paint. And then after that, she's like, how dare you? How could you? And I guess that's how it happened in the, I felt like it didn't happen quite in that way. It felt a lot more natural as in like progression of love. I don't know. Uh, But I see what you're saying. I will say that my, the thing that gave me pause as I was watching the, the movie was the treatment of Danny. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there were a few things on that. First of all, I did not think that the character Danny, I, when there was a, an actor who was shown in the office who was like this blonde dude who got jelly like donuts smashed on him. I thought that was going to be Danny, kind of like a dudeish kind of guy. So I didn't see Danny as so much of a nerd, mm-hmm. and I didn't love watching it play out. The amount of how badly he got played. Like that really was not nice. Um, and it, and watching it on screen, it made me feel a type of way about it. Where in a book, it's like you just know that this is the trope, and then like he's a sweet guy, but he's not the one for her. But watching actors play it out, it was like that's that's douche. Like that, she like jumped to him to ask him on a date, knowing that he was attracted to her. Like it just it did not play in a way that I felt comfortable with on screen. And so that was an interesting adaptation because I had no problem. And I don't think it was unfaithful to the book. Just mm-hmm. looking at it and he was kind of this nerdy like guy who got a lot wrong and he was like playing the drums with the pretzel rods and he was very <laughs> kind, but it was clear that he was just a tool. And I think in the book he was more of a valid rival. Like he seemed more of a like, oh, this actually might be somebody. And I don't know, just watching that play out, I was like, yeah, that's not nice. Like, Yeah, I, I get what you're saying about that. Yeah, that's an impo- important point to bring up. Um, I did, I was also surprised that he wasn't blonde because Danny is blonde in the book. But again, like, you, I don't think you need to stick to no. physical traits. But um, I guess like, I um, I don't know, like something about Danny's character, and I, I guess that goes to, to show like how well this actor did, but like there was some like under, like he wasn't a bad guy obviously, but like he was lovable and like endearing, but something about him just like rubbed me the wrong way. Um, Something unspoken. So it was okay that he ended up getting dicked around at the end. <laughs> but I, but I get that. Like, I get what you're saying. Cause yeah, he isn't really given a whole lot of like, Hey, sorry, we did that. We're clearly in love with each other. Not you. Um, That was, yeah. You know, but, and I do, um, it would have been, I guess, one thing now that's coming to mind, like, you know, in the book, how like Danny and Josh kind of like get into it in the, on the phone, like at the wedding when Mm -hmm. we're talking to Danny and like, it would have been nice to see like Josh and Danny throw down a bit, but I get like, you know, there's only, there's a certain runtime you have to abide by when you make it have every single thing. So that was a little, um, it was a little bummer, but like, but no, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it just, he was a little too sweet and doofy to be used in that kind of way. It was like, this guy is like asking to me, he probably gets used like all the time. I don't know. It just didn't, it didn't set right with me watching it, uh, watching it play out. Um, I don't know. So yeah. I get it. I get it. See, I'm trying to think if there was anything else. Not really. I 
I enjoyed it. That was really my big like, hmm, as I watched it, I think. Because mm-hmm. I did think, I thought the actors looked very much the part. Uh, I Mindy was a perfect Mindy. The, the dad, the they were all like, everybody just, it came together very nicely. Mm-hmm. All right. So, but some people don't think so. Right? Yeah. Oh, wait, back up. I want to talk about one more random piece because you posted a photo of it before I had seen it. The hotel clerk. <laughs> he was so great. I thought he was so funny. He was, he was like the MVP. I loved him. <laughs> I know. Jaff. Like, Jaffrey. No, we're not there yet. Like, <laughs> Do you know, Um, I read something that, like, he, that actor ad-libbed a lot of his lines. So, like, that interaction of them, like. The Christmas oh, tree thing? Yeah. <laughs> it looks like it was grown. Oh, my God. I was like, who is this guy? He was so that good. was hilarious. That was like well-timed comedy because it was like, what on earth is going on right now? Yeah, it was great. It was great. Yeah. I All right, it. but yeah, but not everybody loved it. Sarah, you've you've taken some notes on the criticism. What are what are we gonna say here? Yeah, so I've noted and like it's not I'm not seeking out information. It's just like stuff that I've noticed, like when the trailer came out and people speculating, I noticed a lot of like uh, and, th- and this is my own fault, like reading the comment section on anything is like, not a good idea, so don't do that. Um, but I've just noticed like some people were really um, very disappointed, like with how the elevator scene went, how they're like, the, so their shared, Josh and Lucy's shared office wasn't like as reflective as it was in the book. Um, how Lucy's eyes weren't blue, how her hair wasn't curly, how like um, the, the love scene wasn't as long or as like descriptive as it was in the book. <laughs> Like, and first of all, like, and I, I know that I'm going to go on a tangent here and I apologize, but whatever you're listening to this. So if you don't like this, why are you listening to this? But, um, but yeah, so I have some thoughts on that. So like, I understand people's disappointment, like you read a book, especially like the hating game and it's so engaging and you're so enthralled in it. And to know that like, oh, it's going to be turned into a movie. Like you want it to be exactly how you picture it in your head. But I just think like a lot of people don't, and I understand why you don't know this because unless you work in this industry, why would you know what it takes to adapt a book into a movie? And I don't work in this industry. This is just from what I've researched and from what people who I know have who work in that business have told me. But like, it's a very difficult thing to adapt a book into a movie and know that you have to, you have all these like readers that you're probably going to disappoint one way or, or another. But like, you have to put it. You have to put something on screen. You have to honor you know the story to the best of your ability. And I think, I think the people who made The Hating Game did that really, really well. But like, so like the elevator scene in the book, Josh is the one who initiates it, right? Like he grabs Lucy, puts her on the bar, like, pull, like, and that is super hot and it works so well. And I love that so much. But like, could you imagine seeing a six foot two man take a five foot two woman, grab her without her permission, put her on the elevator, whatever, and then just like, you know, that leads to a kid. Like, it's super hot because it's like fake. It's a movie. It doesn't matter. It's a book. But yep. like to visually see that could have been really upsetting to people. So that the elevator. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so that ended up being like Lucy initiating the physical intimacy of that. And I thought that was so important because that isn't triggering in the way that it would be if a huge guy was cornering his coworker, you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I know exactly what you mean. I, one of my gateway books into the romance genre, as I've said often, is Beautiful Bastard by Christina Lauren. And 
quite frankly, the initiation of sex in that scene is basically a lawsuit. I mean, it's hot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for the purposes of the story, you go with it and you're like, okay, but a a woman, an intern giving a presentation to her boss and him sliding his hand up her ass is like, nope. Right. right? right. So in the same way in this. Yeah, absolutely. No, I would never want someone to pick me up. Right. It, Not it would, right. In the book, it's cute. It's funny. Like, okay, but. No, in real life, you don't want to see it, and it's not okay. And so in a film, you don't want to convey that, because I think it would be creepy, even if he is a super handsome dude. It's like, no, that's no. not what that's not the vibe here. So, no, I agree. Yeah, and I'm glad that you do. It's just, um, it's just something that I think people need to take into account. Like, when you visualize something on your own in a book, you can visualize it however you want, and it's not triggering to you in that way. But, like, to see it played out visually, like in a movie... You, I think you have to go with what is the responsible right thing to do. And that was the right thing to do. And also, I just want to say logistics count for a lot too. Like, I don't know how they would have filmed a completely reflective shared office space, like with the camera equipment, that would have been a nightmare. I don't even know what you would have to do in post-production to get rid of all of the equipment that would have inevitably made it into the shots. Also, I just want to say the love scene. I get it. I love the love scene in the book between it's like it goes for like two chapters, three chapters. Like it's hot. It's steamy. But I just want to say like so the hating game movie that we just watched, it's rated R. And that's ridiculous because I think I think they said the F word a couple times. And I think because of the like the five seconds of Josh's naked ass that we saw. And I like I don't mean to go off on another totally unrelated tangent about like the rating system that our (laughs) association uses and that girl you know what I mean but like if we were to have that love scene the way that people wanted it like that this movie would have been an NC-17 movie and like it would not have it wouldn't have gotten the distribution that it got it wouldn't have gotten the advertising that it would have got it wouldn't have like you wouldn't be able to see it in any theaters I think AMC has a rule and they're a huge movie chain. They have a rule about like, they don't show NC-17 movies in their theaters. Yeah. But like, I get, it's disappointing that we couldn't see them have sex the way that we wanted to see them have sex. But also like, it's not the filmmaker's fault. If they wanted anyone to see this movie, if they wanted this movie to be out, like they needed to tone it down a little bit. So I just, Absolutely. I just wanted to say that. And also like, runtime is really important. I get that we missed a lot of stuff but like um it like uh i think this movie was like an hour and 42 minutes so that's a good runtime for uh a genre like this and like um yeah i'm sorry that it couldn't be like a nine hour miniseries i think we all would have wished (laughs) i don't know realistic guys like not everything is going to be the way that you want it but i think for what it was, was a really a really awesome adaptation I thought the dream sequence was super short, but very hot. Yes. Uh, I really liked that. That that and the kiss scene, I thought, were the hottest moments. The sex scene was cute, but it did go to black really quick. But you're exactly right. I mean, look, they made um, Fifty Shades an R-rated movie. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. But you're entirely right. Uh, if you want any kind of distribution, you have got to play that game. And there's a good documentary. I think it's called something like maybe this film is not yet rated about the arbitrary nature. You know, if this happens certain number of times versus this, like it's, it's silly, but yeah, this was definitely a pop culture book and it should have been an, and it should be an accessible story. Um, 
And that said, I'm glad they didn't try to water it down to a PG-13 or anything. It was it was suitably spicy to match the book, in my opinion, for a film that was for mass production, uh, for sure. Um, no, I agree with you on all of that. Lucy's eyes were intriguing to me because I was instantly trying to figure out what color they were and how that was going to play. But it worked well. Um, I didn't. I don't know. You're right. Not everything can be a perfect adaptation. And yet they played it well and they captured the essence of the of the characters in a way that I thought was really well done. And even the office, one of the things I liked about the way they envisioned the office was that it was the hybrid between the Bexleys and the Gammons. And you could see like the cozy corner and then the the sterile, sterile side. And I thought that that went over well. It was a good visual of the situation in a way that I think was more important than a reflective office. Totally. Yeah. And yeah. I, again, like what we've mentioned, like it's easy, not easy to write whatever you want in a book because that is its own discipline, but like to adapt that into something like a movie is very challenging and you have to, I don't know, you just have to be grounded in reality and having like an office of mirrors isn't going to work out, you know? Right. Right. <laughs> you know, you're entirely right. It's difficult to adapt a book in any way. And it's a very daunting task. And certainly when it is a beloved book, but I'm just going to say for anyone out there listening, who's in the film industry, if you would like to adapt sips and strokes, <laughs> we are very amenable to seeing Calder and Lily on the silver screen. Am I wrong? No, you are a thousand percent right. I would love that. Of course. Goes without yes. saying. Of course. <laughs> so be sure to call us. <laughs> but in the meantime, that was good for me. Was it good for you, Sarah? Hell yeah, it was good for me. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening as we unpacked one of our most anticipated films. It was a great way to wrap up 2021 after all the ups and downs of this year to end just talking about a rom-com and a fun movie. Go out and watch it again if you have already watched it. And like I said, I warned you, there were spoilers. So if you went through this episode and have not yet watched it, go watch it and let's, let us know what you think. If you like what you hear, please, please do leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen. And if you'd like to argue with us about our points today, please, please leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen and make the points you want as you contact us on Instagram at author Sarah Sky. We are also on Twitter at author Sarah Sky. And our books, if you have not read them already, are... Sips and Strokes by Sarah Sky, Not Suitable for Work, Off the Record, and Nemesis by me, Sky McDonald, and Faker, Simmer Down, If You Never Come Back, and On Location by Sarah Smith. Guys, be sure to pre-order Vibes and Feels. It's coming out 2-22-22, and we are so, so excited about this book. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I am at WriterSkyMcD. And you can also find me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at author Sarah S and you can find Sarah Sky on Instagram and Twitter too. We are at author Sarah Sky. We love to hear from you. So reach out and DM us with any questions or requests for future episodes. Thanks again for listening, everybody. And happy holidays and new year. Take care. Bye. Bye.